Hello, and welcome to the Moxie Gal podcast, where young women can come for the tips and tools that they need to stay relevant, productive, and thrive. Through personal anecdotes, stories, and interviews, we'll uncover what it takes to unleash the moxie or courage that you need to design the life that you want. My name is Ami Valdemaro. I'm a leadership coach, trainer, and business manager, and my main mission in life is to help women get into executive leadership positions as founders, entrepreneurs, or managers in their organizations by teaching them strategies that they can use to unlock their confidence, unleash their courage, and start building a roadmap for their career goals. Today's episode is all about how to get and stay on purpose. We'll cover four really powerful questions to ask yourself when trying to discover your true purpose and some fun challenges we can do to make sure that we stay guided by our North Star, whether we lead from our hands, our heads, or our hearts. So today I want to talk about purpose. In our last episode, we talked about how to build your personal board of directors, you have to have an orienting mission and purpose. Now that's all well and good if you're clear on those things, but what happens if you're in a season of life where you are trying to find out about the things that you're interested in? Maybe you're interested in a lot of things. You're a multi-hyphenate, as they say. Or maybe you're in a season of life where you're trying to get reacquainted with what interests you. You've been on the same path for a while and you feel like you're trying to expand your options or look into things that revive or refresh or fulfill you in different ways. The point is, if we don't know where we're going and have a strong conviction about where we want to put in our time and energy and effort, then any team that's going to support us is going to be lost as well. So today's episode is really about getting clear on purpose. Now, this isn't going to say that at the end of this 15-minute podcast, you'll be absolutely clear on your purpose and direction in life, but we're going to go over some tools and some questions. Again, I love questions. Questions that you can ask yourself to begin to mine for nuggets of wisdom that can help you to get clear on your path. Before we get started, it's important again to remember to put yourself in the mindset of a designer, right? Like we were discussing with Bill Burnett and Dave Evans some episodes ago. It's super important for you to have a curiosity about yourself and where you're at in this process instead of automatically judging and saying, no, I should be doing this or I need to be doing this or I have to be doing this. If you begin to approach these questions with that kind of mindset, you're going to close yourself off to all sorts of possibilities. I know how you feel. I've been there and I've done that. And while I thought it was working for me, it actually made the journey a lot longer and a lot more painful. (laughs) So before we get started, let's just keep in mind that this whole process is about sparking creativity and curiosity and positive engagement. So there's already been a ton of work out there on how to find and build a life of purpose. You might think of the Japanese term ikigai, which roughly translates into a reason for living. 
You can also think of the work of Bill George and Peter Eagle Sims, who wrote True North, which has really been a book, but also a course that's been integral into developing the leadership practices of top business leaders. In my own sphere, there's been a lot of work done on purpose through coaching institutions and also master practitioners like the Institute of Coaching Mastery. You're more than welcome to delve into your own research or read more of this or other materials on purpose. But to save you some time, I'm going to break it down for you. The first question you got to ask yourself is, what do I love doing? What lights me up? Think about when you were a kid. What would you spend hours and hours and hours doing and forget about the time completely? If you're the kind of person who knows more what they don't love than what they do love, take a tip from my own coach, Alyssa. Write down those things that you don't love and then flip them and figure out what you would love. Do your best not to self-edit here. Brainstorm as many options, as many things as you can dream of. If you're still feeling stuck, track it. In the course of your day or your week or your month, each day write down the things that brought you joy, that sparked joy for you, that lit you up. And then you can start to identify patterns. Bill and Dave, my resident go-to designers, actually have a tool that they use. It's kind of like a gas gauge to figure out what fills your tank or what leaves you empty. It's a really, really great graphic to think about when you're thinking about the things that give you fuel and the things that deplete you. Once you think you've got a pretty good grip on the things that you do love, you can move on to the next question, which is, what am I good at? And while the things that you love is a really personal, self-reflective question, this question you can get some feedback from people. Sometimes we have a hard time identifying the things that we're good at, and so it's a really good exercise to ask people, whether at work, your colleagues, or people in your personal sphere, what are the things that I'm good at? What do they look to you for? Again, this is meant to be an expansive exercise. So while it's important to get critiques on things that you could improve upon, this is really about figuring out where your strengths lie. The fantastic thing is once you start answering this question, you'll start to see where what you love and what you're good at start to overlap. And maybe where the things that you're good at aren't necessarily the things that you love. Guess what? You've got more clarity now. This awareness can also lead to great insights about those times in which you have been in situations where what you love and what you enjoy doing and what you're good at intersect, and those times where you were out of alignment. Bill George calls this operating from your sweet spot, where your strengths and your motivations, what gets you up in the morning, truly intersect, allowing you to feel highly energized and to do your best work. In my own case, once I learned how to do this, I figured out why I was feeling stuck or unfulfilled in some of the places that I was working. In my work life, I really developed a reputation as someone who could manage things well. I understood how to take a large, big picture idea and try and figure out how to execute it on an operational level. It was something that I was good at. And for a while, I was enjoying that work. But I realized after doing this exercise that what really lights me up and what I really love is when I see someone else, when I see the light bulb go off in their eyes and they realize that they have the power to do it too. So this big, grand realization came sometime at the end of 2016 
When I decided that rather than spending time on helping others to fulfill their visions and their missions, that I wanted to dedicate myself to enabling and empowering founders and entrepreneurs and anybody who has an idea that they want to bring to life, to empower them to harness the skills and the support teams that they need to do it themselves. Now, I say this with ease now, but at the time it was quite an intense negotiation because I was essentially giving up the part of me that people looked to, you know, to give up my role as a go-to person for these things in order to pursue something that was more aligned with what I loved doing. And that brought me a huge sense of personal joy and fulfillment. Letting go of those parts of your identities that people relied on you for is scary, especially if you're the kind of person who thrives on being known as the point person or the person that others can rely on for something. It can be especially scary if you are the person in your business or in your home life who people rely on to create space for them to be able to pursue their own goals and objectives. You provide a safe space for them and if you relinquish or give up or let go of those roles, who's going to be there for them? But remember, we're talking about you. We're talking about you and your purpose. The good thing is we are in the driver's seat of our lives and we get to decide. And guess what? Just as we choose to let go of certain things that aren't serving us anymore, we can always choose to change if we want to. One of the keys of staying on purpose or being purposeful is to be intentional. And that includes being intentional about letting go of the things that are no longer serving us. While you might have many interests and pursuits, Being on purpose is like having your North Star or your orienting compass. It keeps you moving in the right direction. And it can help you to stay on course, you know, when life happens and things don't always go as expected. When the flow of your life is pointed towards your North Star, there's coherency or alignment around who you are, what you're doing, and what you believe. In other words, what you value. Values guide our actions, our thoughts, and behaviors, whether at work or in life. You might think of values like creativity, integrity, adventure, independence, being of service. These and other values form up that North Star or that compass that will help you to figure out when you're operating in alignment and when you might need some course correction. So we all know that values are important, but you might be saying to yourself now, Ami, how do I figure out what values are most important to me? For those of you who really like to nerd out, there are a bunch of tests that you can take online, free and unpaid, that can help you to identify what your quote unquote core values are. But for those who are a little bit more analog or wanna keep things a bit simpler, you can try this on for size. There are plenty of lists of so-called values out there, You can download them and try them on for size. Which ones are the ones that resonate most with you? Which ones are the ones that you feel like you really can't live without? Or you could flip it. Which ones are the ones that make you feel most alive, most expansive, most happy? 
again, I'd caution you to put aside the voices that say should, 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 have, 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 because these are voices that may not be your own. You see, some of our values we may have inherited from our families, from our faith traditions, from our cultures. And so it's up to us again to decide whether these values are core and essential to who we are or whether they are values that we respect and admire but that aren't necessarily essential to who we are as individuals. For those of you who are action-oriented and might be impatient, this is a process and it takes some time. As challenging as it might be, I'd encourage you to lean into it because the more that you can get clear on and aligned on what your values are, what you believe, the faster it's gonna be for you to tell which situations are the ones that will allow you to work from your sweet spot and which ones you should avoid because they'll derail you from making progress on your goals. It also makes you that much more prepared when you're looking at new job opportunities or career opportunities to make sure that the organizations or companies that you are looking to work with are aligned with your own values. It's much less painful to do that from the safety of home than trying to negotiate how your values square or don't square with the organization while you're in the middle of doing your job. Take it from my own experience. The organization and you will be better off for it. So some people who work on purpose might stop here. They've helped you to identify who you are, what you love, what you're good at, and what you believe. They consider this to be the most important work because it is inside work. Inside work is more challenging, arguably, but by doing that work, you'll be able to step out into the world more aligned and better equipped to know how to stay on purpose. On the flip side, there are those who want to understand how this whole internal conversation on purpose fits within a broader context. How does what we know about ourselves now intersect with what the world is looking for us to share? If this sounds like you, then you might want to consider answering two more questions brought to us by the concept of ikigai. So you have a clearer sense of what you love and what you're good at. These next two questions ask you to think about what does the world need and what can I be paid for? So the first question, what the world needs, might deal with goals and aspirations. You might think of the UN Sustainable Development Goals as something that the world needs, right? How to solve world hunger, how to achieve universal access to education, or affordable and quality health care for all. Again, think big with this exercise. No idea is too small or too insubstantial, and no idea is too great. For the last question, what can I get paid for? You might want to think about skills or strengths or competencies that you bring to the table. These are what you might call marketable skills or things that people would pay for you to help them with. Again, try not to self-edit. Anything from graphic design to copy editing to website production to project management, it all fits. By brainstorming and getting expansive, you'll be able to have enough data to mine out patterns. You'll start to see where things overlap. And in the case of the four Ikigai questions, you'll be able to figure out how exactly you can work through each of these areas to achieve that life of purpose and meaning. So we have our four questions. What do I love? What am I good at? What does the world need? And how can I get paid for these things? My final challenge to you is this. If you're the kind of person who's in their head a lot, my challenge to you is to think about how you feel. What are your gut instincts telling you? 
about what you love or where you're at. Are you aligned or out of alignment? If you're the kind of person who's on the go all the time, then try and get still with these questions and really ground yourself in this exercise of trying to get clear on and saying out loud where you think you're at. Where's your compass pointing you towards? And finally, if you're the kind of person who leads with their heart but are afraid of putting yourself out there for fear of failure or disappointment, I'd encourage you to take action. Try and test out how you can use your gifts to be of even more service to your community. And none of us operates in a vacuum. So once you've gotten some insights, share them. I know I'd love to hear from you as you become more intentional about staying on purpose. So send me a message. Tell me what's up. Visit me at the underscore Moxiel on Instagram, the Moxiel on LinkedIn, or you can check us out at www.themoxiegal.com. Until our next episode, take care, stay safe, and be well. In this episode, I mentioned a number of concrete resources and scholarship that's been done on purpose. So before I go, I wanted to share a list of some of the works that we talked about in case you want to learn more. You might want to check out Ikigai, The Japanese Secret to a Long and Happy Life by Francesc Miralles and Hector Garcia. Designing Your Work Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. True North, Discover Your Authentic Leadership by Bill George. And you can also check out the work of Alyssa Nobriga and the folks at the Institute for Coaching Mastery. 